0: Thank you so much. It's good to be here tonight. Good to hear Brother Rick's message this evening. Very well thought out and very edifying uh, to me personally. I hope it was to you. Um, <clears throat> I'll be reading from uh first Peter chapter one. In First Peter chapter one, there's some famous uh some famous uh texts here uh that we'll be skipping. <laughs> uh so he says Um, in verse 9 receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did "...did signify, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them." that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into that's that's a mouthful there's a lot lot going on there and um, we certainly could stand up here for a couple of hours and swat at it and try but I'm just going to tell you, just cut, cut right to the chase, Lord willing. Isaiah 50, um, 53 was read to me for the first time when I was studying. And the person who was reading it to me, or at least the first time I was aware it was being read to me. I'm sure it was read to me before, but the first time I actually was aware that the Bible was being read to me. <laughs> Uh, the man picked up the scriptures and he says, you tell me where you think this is in the Bible. Let me just read it to you. And then you tell me where it is. And I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid upon Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, He was afflicted, and yet He opened not His mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shearers is dumb, so He opened not His mouth. That last statement. That last statement is profound. I don't know if you've ever suffered anything. Of course, when he asked me, where is that from? I said, well, surely it's going to be like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, right? He said, no, that's that's the prophet Isaiah. I said, that's in the Old Testament? He said, yeah, that's in the Old Testament. I said, where in the Old Testament? have I never seen that before? He said, you weren't looking for it, but it's there. He said, he's talking about Jesus, right? And I said, yes! You'd have, to, He said, well, somebody just told me that that's not talking about Jesus. And I was incensed having heard it for the first time. It was extremely obvious that this is talking about Jesus. He hath laid upon Him the iniquity of us all. That's Jesus. He laid upon Him, He put on Him who was strong enough to bear it and bear up under it the weight and the punishment of the weight of our iniquity. And it's by His stripes that you and I are healed of our sin, of our typical leprosy, of our death in trespasses and in sins. It's in Him that His stripes healed us. He was punished for our sake. He was oppressed for our sake. He was afflicted for our sake. He hath carried our iniquities uh, for you and I. And instead of us, Instead of God laying the stripes that we deserved into our backs, which would have never been able to bore it uh, for all of eternity, he laid it upon the mighty to save. That's also a text from the book of Isaiah. Who's this that comes from Basra with dyed garments from Eden, traveling in the greatness of his strength? I that speak in righteousness, the mighty to save. Of course, that's Jesus Christ. And the prophet Isaiah doesn't know who he's talking about that's what Peter is saying he's saying these prophets that spoke to us about Jesus Christ long ago didn't know they were speaking about Jesus Christ as a matter of fact They were so confused about it that by the time Jesus Christ showed up on the scene, there were lots of people who thought there would be two Jesuses, one to suffer and one to rule in righteousness and reign as a king. They certainly never believed that it was going to be God himself. They just thought it was going to be another prophet or some man of God, like a Moses figure or an Elijah was going to come along and rescue them from the evil Romans. They had no clue that God Himself was about to descend from His throne, take upon Him the form of human flesh, and in that human flesh, bear the curse and the sin of human flesh in His pure and sinless human flesh. They had no idea... And yet, they searched diligently. That's what the Apostle Peter tells me and tells you, is that he was searching. Isaiah wanted to know about Jesus. He wanted to know who this was. He wanted to know when he was coming and where he was going to show up and where he was going to be born and where can I find him? And is he right around the corner or is he hundreds of years from now? Has he already come and gone and did I miss it? Isaiah wanted to know all of that and yet, At the same time, God revealed to him that he wasn't going to get to know any of that. But what he was writing in Isaiah that I just read to you and quoted to you, what he was writing was not for himself. What he was writing was for me and for you, people living in the New Testament. And, and living in the New Testament church. You know, there are four modes of New Testament worship. There are four modes that the Bible lays down as acceptable modes of New Testament worship in the Scripture. That is real simple what Brother Rick was telling us about. The world tries to complicate worship. God's laid it down very simply. It is to sing with the voice that you've been given. And I believe, I believe it's real simple why God gives us singing and not playing. Because everybody can't play. All of God's children can't play. I've tried to play the guitar. I've been trying to play the guitar for 20 years. And I know three chords. And, and I don't even get them right sometimes. I tried to play the piano. I tried to learn On the Road Again by Willie Nelson. I had a, I had a piano. My mother paid lots of money for a piano teacher. Uh, and the piano teacher finally gave up and said, hey, It's it's not happening, kid. Picked up some drumsticks one time, tried to learn that. I can't play the drums. I can't, I can't beat out a tune. Every time I think, I, I, yeah, I think if I had a drum kit, I could get it. And then I get in front of a drum kit, and it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it sounds like a kid beating on pots and pans. But every one of us has been given a voice. And all of God's children can lift up their voice in song, and it's one of the most simple. It's the simplest thing in the world to do, and we can all do it. From the rich to the poor, to the people that have ability, to the people that don't have ability. Your singing tonight was just lovely. It sounds good. But more importantly, I think that you weren't singing so that it sounded good to you and I, but so that it sounded good to him. We're singing to him. It's not a it's not entertainment. We don't come to I had a conversation with somebody today and they were talking about, well, you know, we got a band and it's just really great, and they put on a show and I said, There's your problem it's you're putting on a show yeah and they said what do you mean I said well it's a concert right they said right I said because because you want to attract the young people there's nothing wrong with that we've got lots of young people tonight I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening I'm glad this is good enough for you young people tonight but because you wanted to attract, and I, and I said it with all due respect, I said because you wanted to attract the young people, now you're uncomfortable. You know, a long time ago, it probably was just a piano, and now you have a laser light show. And, and, and you're uncomfortable with it. I said, but maybe don't try to invite the world in to impress the world. Maybe we're not trying to attract the world. Maybe if somebody's not attracted to singing, maybe they've got too much of the world in them. I, I'm, I'm believe me when I say this. I'm saying this as humbly as I can. My house should be called a house of prayer. We lift each other up in vocal prayer so we can hear each other praying for each other. Because that's the way. If the Lord didn't say to do that, then we wouldn't do it. But the Lord said to do it, so we do it. The Lord told us that we are to preach from the scriptures that He's given us, not to add anything to it. I'm not supposed to know what you dreamed last night, preacher. I'm not supposed to know what poem you think is impressive or great. Or what commentary you read last week just tell me what the word of God says that will be good enough Amen. preaching, praying, singing and fellowship and we get together with each other and we enjoy each other's fellowship I'm a middle school teacher I have not much in common with the people I have to be around every day that <laughs> they pay me to show up and be around there's many days I think to myself I talk to the Lord out loud <laughs> and they don't know what I'm doing. But I'll say, Yes, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> Patience. Patience. I understand. Atheist. You can tell there's the teachers in here there. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. But you the saints of God. I was looking so forward to being here tonight I couldn't stand it. I drove just as fast as I could to get here just to be with you. And I thought to myself, you know, even if I don't get to speak tonight, I'll be all right. I'm going to see people I love and I have fellowship with, with like precious faith, and that's just going to be good enough. And I heard Brother Buddy was cooking fish, and that just... (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll be there. But it wasn't the fish that I came for. It was just, I just want to be with all of you. And that's the way it is. When brethren are knit heart to heart in fellowship with the Spirit, that's an act of worship. Amen. And those four things together are so simple. So simple. When you tell people what we do here, they go, what? Okay, so when's the real thing? And that is the real, that's, that's the real thing. That's all we're going to do. So you're not, there's no, like, there's no groups or... Well, yeah, we have groups. We get together and sit and eat fish with each other. It's called fellowship. <laughs> and Isaiah the prophet wanted to know all about it. Amen. Amen. And he couldn't. He was living in the wrong place and in the wrong time. The only thing he could do was just write about something that was mysterious to him that was going to happen in the future. And he wanted to know all about it. But he couldn't. Do you know how blessed you are tonight to be where you are and to know what you know and to participate in what you're participating in? Isaiah wanted to do what you're doing and couldn't. Jeremiah wanted to be where you are and never was. David, as a prophet, wanted to even the apple of God's eye wanted to do what you're doing. Searched diligently into it and knew nothing about it amazing the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow this same writer wrote this no scriptures have any private interpretation but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost in other words the same Holy Ghost that's in you was in them And yet they didn't know what you know. They could not participate in what you're participating in tonight. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. If that, was, if that didn't tell you how special the gospel is in the New Testament church is, then he says, Michael, the archangel, peers into what we're doing tonight. He's curious about it. Because even he can't participate in it. You know, people always talk about the angels singing in heaven. I've never read where any angels... In the Bible, I've never read where they sing. They don't sing. They're the servants of the Most High. They don't even have the will to do or to not do. They just do what he tells them to do. They stand at the ready and look at his face. And when he sends them, they go. And when he he bids them come back, they come back. And that's what they do. Michael wants to know what's going on here tonight. Gabriel wants to know what's going on here tonight. All of the hosts of heaven are looking into what we're doing tonight and are peering down from the windows of heaven looking into what we're doing and yet they cannot participate and they don't know anything about what you and I know. And what do you and I really know? The modes of worship are wonderful, they're simple, and they're, and, 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 you know, okay, they are what they are. But what do you and I know that they don't know, uh, what they can't participate in, and what they cannot grasp, and what they are curious about and what they want to know is that He died for me. Amen. He didn't die for Michael, and He didn't die for Gabriel, but He died for John Nisel. And He died for all of God, He died for every one of His children. And God loved them before the foundation of the world and just adopted them into his family. And I don't know what in the world could be offensive about that, but it makes me happy when I think that God looks at me and said, I want him. father who was not always my father and your father who was not always your father at some point of eternity said I'm going to be his father and he's going to be my son and now you my son Go and get him for me. You go die for him and suffer for him. All of the things that he's ever going to say wrong, all of the things that he's ever going to do that are an offensive stench in my nostrils that haven't even happened yet, you go pay for them, every one of them. And then, whenever it's time, Holy Spirit, you minister my love into his heart so powerfully that he cannot resist it. And that his death and sins is converted to life and righteousness that's the gospel. And that's what the prophets were curious about, wanted to know about, and had no clue about. And that's the gospel that the angels want to know about, but they'll never know anything about it because God didn't, Jesus didn't die for not one angel. He just died for you and me his children, human beings that were sinners. And not only all of that, I don't know which parts are the best to me. I, every time I think, I'm like, well, it's got to be like God loved me for the punishment. Well, that's the best thing, you know. And then I start to think about the crucifixion and who would give his only begotten son for, I wouldn't give my son for any of you. I love you, but I don't love you that much. I wouldn't sacrifice James for any of you. God sacrificed his son for me and for you. I'm sorry, it gets to be too much. And then I think about he found me in a waste howling wilderness and just simply Spoke life into me. He came and found me where I was. Just said live, and I started living. I don't know which part's better, and then I think all of that's great. But all that happened in the past. And I'm still living, and I'm still making mistakes that he calls sin. You can call it whatever you want to. He calls it sin. For I am persuaded that neither height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, life, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then I think that's got to be the best thing. That I didn't work my way in and I can't work my way out. Jesus got me in and Jesus is never going to kick me out. God's love for me is not contained in me. God's love for me is contained in the love that He has for His Son. And since he can't deny himself, he can't deny me because me and the son are one now. And it doesn't matter what kind of life I lead, and it doesn't matter what kind of death I die. It doesn't matter how high I fly or how low I go in sin and degradation. It doesn't matter what king I meet or what president tries to do this or that, it won't matter. What ultimately matters is God's love for His children is contained in His love for His Son. And not one that He ever died for is ever going to hell. There's not even a chance of it. And I think that's got to be the best thing. And then I start thinking about heaven. Maybe that's the best thing. Maybe in my Father's house are many mansions is the best thing. That my house is in His house. My father's In my Father's house are many mansions. And there's going to be room for me and room for you. And you won't have to live on a shack on the outskirts. But you'll be right at home with the rest of us. God bless you. this is my prayer. Thank you for listening so